I must have accidentally multiplied my ice to the water instead of adding it to the water. Therefore, no. therefore, that's how the ice could make the water hotter. No. It's like a negative multiplying instead no. of adding or, you know, subtracting because it's negative. But, but it was, you said there were four ice. Yeah. So if they were negative, negative, it's an even number, so it would have come out the same. Damn, you're right. Did I just out-math you? Sure, you can have that, because <laughs> math isn't maths, so... Podcast! Podcast! Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to... Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do... I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said sorry Friends! But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a- Twenty-somethings! You're a twenty-somethings. I am a twenty-something. Me too. Not for long. I mean, you're a late twenties yourself. An old man! You're an old lady. I'm not. Yeah, you're so old. I'm I wish I was an old lady. <laughs> I wish I was retired and just sat around knitting all day. To quote my good man, Hubert Farnsworth, Some say I'm robbing the cradle, but I say she's robbing the grave. Hello and welcome to Sorted. I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. You know what else is inherently flawed? <laughs> Today's topic! So no one told you life was gonna be this way. I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I did one too many. <laughs> I'm rescinding your previous math win. <laughs> because you couldn't count to four. Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love life's DOA. Man. That song, though, is forever relevant. Yeah, that's a good song. Like, it's, I think that song is the best part of Friends. It's valid. <laughs> like, it, it's a very good song, and it's just so relatable. <laughs> it really is. We're sorting Friends today. Phoebe, Rachel, <laughs> it's Joey. Everyone is Friends. Nanika, Dross, Chandler. Nanika. <laughs> It's, it's Joey. Joey. Everyone knows that the, the letters of friends stand for the friends themselves, right? Yep. It's Joey. It's Joey. Do you think maybe like the spin-off would have been more successful if they just called it It's Joey instead of Joey? Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Damn. Marketing people. Who yeah. who made friends? I don't know. I only know it aired on Channel 4 in the UK and it aired on Channel 4 constantly. I didn't watch it on TV. Friends hire us. So Alex, <laughs> what is a friend? <laughs> a companion. Oh, okay. Someone. That's like a magic card. Someone who's nice to you and who you're nice to in return. Uh-huh. Who you spend time with. So we're going to sort the concept of niceness? Activities together. We're going to sort activities. We're going to sort friends? Uh-huh. What is a friend? I'm trying to explain what a friend is to you. I, I'm confused how we're going to sort this. You asked me what is a friend. Yeah, and I didn't expect you to like just keep this bit going <laughs> way beyond how long it was funny for. <laughs> I was hoping at some point you might start talking about the television program Friend-S. <laughs> Friend-S. Yes. 
<laughs> Friends is a TV show about a bunch of 20-somethings that live in New York. Asterisk. Some of them are closer to 30 than 20 at the start of the show. Yeah. It's a sitcom. It's, it was on TV for a long time. It's kind. These days, it's kind of a prototypical sitcom. Like Things like How I Met Your Mother and various other things are trying to follow the formula of Friends. Not that Friends was the first thing to do it, and like Friends itself was following formulas, but like it is... It's become very iconic as like the 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 stereotypical sitcom at this yeah. point. Like it is. I feel like it is. It is one of the most influential. Yeah. And well known sitcoms, probably yeah. of all time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like, I'm, I mean, like, not to diss on any of the classics, yeah. like we're talking about I Love Lucy <laughs> recently <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah. um, and like, so there's a lot of problems with Friends, and a lot of them we'll get into as we go through this. But there are some really phenomenal things about it as well, like. The fact that all six of the main characters are in every single episode, and they all have, like, a storyline in those episodes, even if, like, some episodes slightly favor others over others. But, like, the whole way through, they're all equally prominent, including, like, when Lisa Kudrow got pregnant, and they very specifically didn't have her in a relationship, so they had her become pregnant with her brother's triplets as a surrogate so they could make jokes about being pregnant with her brother's children and then Courtney Cox Arquette got pregnant late in the show's run after they'd already established that she couldn't have children so so that one they just had to hide and then end the show (laughs) while she was in the process of adopting children it's fine yeah also the fact that the cast became the best Friends. Yeah, that's real good. And they they fought together to like always make sure they all had equal billing, and they all got paid an equal amount, which meant that some of them ended up taking pay cuts to be paid the same as the others, so that it would be fair, which is incredible. That's very good. That's great. Yeah, but also it was from the nineties, and you know <laughs> what? Nineties. Did you know New York has black people? <laughs> In the nineties? Because Friends doesn't. <laughs> There are approximately three black people across the 250-ish episodes. Fuck. But we're not here to sort them because they're unimportant side characters. Yikes. We're here to sort the white folk. Harry Potter in a nutshell. (laughs) Let's go. Hold on. Harry Potter had lots of racial diversity. It had Cho Chang. Uh Uh-huh. Who was Irish, apparently. (laughs) Fuck Harry Potter. Let's sort friends. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Ross. Ross. Ross Geller. We're starting with the worst one. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. So why doesn't Ross, the largest of the friends, not simply eat the other five? <laughs> Perhaps they are saving that for sweeps. <laughs> How is that the second Futurama reference already in this recording? <laughs> Why haven't we started Futurama? I don't know. We'll get to it. (laughs) But Ross... So, you say he's the worst one, and that is definitely the opinion shared by the internet at large. Oh, no, no. Like, I don't... I know that he's not as bad as the internet makes him out. That's what I was going to say. Like, here's my hot take. House hot take. Ross isn't that bad. I mean, he's often a dick. Yes. He has problems, and, like... For instance, lying about sleeping with someone else, Sir Rachel, when like... Regardless of your opinions of him, though, he is objectively the worst of the group. How so? He's an asshole. Sure. He's a dick all the time. So is Monica. I guess that's true. And like, you can forgive Monica maybe a little bit more because like, Ross had a better upbringing because their parents, you know, their siblings, but their parents massively favoured Ross. 
But Monica also sucks. And like in the episode where they're all like, they all have a load, a load of lottery tickets. Everyone else was saying like, what's more important, money or friends? Everyone else said friends. She said money was more important at first until everyone gave her glass. And she's like, I guess, I guess friends. It's like, <laughs> what's the name of your show? <laughs> My point is though, who do you think is worse? I, I generally, watching through the show, I generally get more annoyed by Monica than by Ross. This may be, um, I'm a lady watching this show. Perhaps. And Ross is quite often a sexist piece of garbage. Yes. And that is much more annoying to me than... Sure. A lady being maybe a little bitchy. Hmm. He's been... (laughs) It's been a while since I've actually watched through the show. Probably. I've only watched the show once. And I think when you watched it for the first time was when I last watched it through properly. Yeah. Which was six years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So, like, these are going to be some... But, like, as a teen, I watched this so much. Because, like I said, it was on E4 <laughs> constantly. They would air it. They would have like, only really two episodes a day. But they'd air those two episodes, like, four times oh my God. a day. I didn't really watch it on TV. So, Ross... We can agree... Ross definitely sucks. Mm-hmm. They all kind of suck. Sure. For the, In some way or another. Let's talk about Ross's actual personality beyond just sucking. <laughs> Ross is a professor of paleontology. Uh-huh. He likes dinosaurs. Yes. He's genuinely... Like, one episode they were discussing, like, which would you pick, sex or food? And, like, you know, all the guys were like, sex, obviously, because it's a sitcom set in New York. Specifically in the 90s, but also just a generally a sitcom set in New York. So everyone is constantly fucking somehow. <laughs> Despite the fact that they spend all of their weekdays hanging out in a coffee shop. And therefore must be unemployed. <laughs> but the guys all chose they prefer sex over food. But then they were like, what would you choose, Ross? Sex or dinosaurs? And he said... It's like Sophie's choice. Sure. Because he's that much of a fucking nerd, I guess. He's pedantic. He's a grammar Nazi. Yeah. He generally thinks that he's better than other people. Yeah. Even if not consciously, he acts like he's better than other people. Yeah. 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 I think he probably doesn't intend to come across that way. After getting divorced from his wife, he gets a pet monkey and someone because he doesn't want to be lonely and someone's like well why don't you just get a roommate and he says i don't know i think after you reach a certain point having a roommate is a little pathetic to four people who all have roommates and it's yeah. like i mean that's him i don't think he's con- consciously trying to put himself above other people but he's trying to be like I- no he's not trying to put himself better than his friends but he's trying to say like i am a better person than that it's like wanting yeah. to think like i'm middle class in i'm not lower class i'm better than lower class yeah like he he doesn't really consider the lives of other people around him as much he as just, his own he definitely doesn't think through what he says yeah that's what i mean like when saying a thing the example you just gave being one he's saying a thing without thinking about is this going to affect negatively my friends at the end of the day though <laughs> like he does care about his friends sure 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 like one of my favorite episodes, the one that introduced the chick and the duck. Mm-hmm. The side storyline is after, like, Ross and Rachel have been separated for a while at this point. This is one of the episodes that starts bringing them back together as friends after their relationship has ended. Rachel is trying to get, like, put on makeup to go to some meeting with a boss or something, I think. But she's been badly injured, so she asks Ross for help. Ross has got, has been, like, booked to uh, have an appearance on television, which she doesn't know about. And he's like, I've really got to go. And she's like, please. 
And then he's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll help you because this is clearly important to you. Granted, he ends up taking her to hospital instead of to the, the meal because it's like, oh, wait, no, you're clearly in severe pain. But like, yeah. And then later on she finds out, wait, you gave up a chance to be on TV to help me? And it's like, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, well, to you some extent, the bare minimum. some ulterior motives there. Um. <laughs> well, during the course of the show, there's definitely <laughs> moments with ulterior motives. But I don't think at that point he actually was interested in getting back with her. Mm. Maybe he was. I don't know. It's the thing. It's been Ross so and Rachel. Since I've, since I've seen it. I, yeah, again, Ross and Rachel are like the archetypal will-they-won't-they they couple. But yeah. again, so many sitcoms base it around. Scrubs, for instance, had JD and Elliot. And by season eight directly referenced Ross and Rachel from Friends <laughs> and compared themselves to those characters. And all, But having previously also talked about a Ross and Rachel who worked in the hospital, who were a couple, <laughs> like How I Met Your Mother again, clearly doing the same thing. Like yeah, so many yeah. shows follow that model yeah. and build their shows around it. Which is why more modern sitcoms like Parks and Rec and <laughs> like uh, other things. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that because well, they can. Okay, but, The Office. Yeah. Um, that, the Good Place. The Good Place. I was like, yeah. what? What is the other one yeah. in that group of yeah. sitcoms? <laughs> but like, they all realize, like, oh, you know what? Everybody hates the will they want they think for the entire show. You want that for a little while, but, but then, then you want the payoff. You want them to be happy. You want to enjoy them being cute together. Yes. You want to see that and yes. revel in it, and it's give me Ben and Leslie. Give me Andy and April. Ah, yes. Give me Eleanor and Chidi. I mean, yeah. they found a whole other way to torture us, but we're not here to yeah, talk about that. Yeah, that's a woof. <laughs> that's a different episode. Is Ross a, a, Ross a Ravenclaw or a Slytherin? I lean Slytherin, but I could see a, a I mean, there's a clear argument. Ravenclaw argument. Yeah, yeah, like, I can see a, an argument. He clearly values Ravenclaw. intelligence. Like, again, the whole, like, correcting people's grammar yeah, to yeah. the benefit of no one, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's just doing it to be correct. Yeah, there's something about the the way he does stuff like that, or like says things. He's thinking he's he's educating, I think, rather than belittling. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and that I could see Ravenclaw. I don't I think, know. So like, it's a matter of it's if it's intentional or not. At the end of the day, he. I think he definitely would ultimately, maybe through a bit of coercion, ultimately put his interpersonal relationships above like professional advancement sure as much as he values a professional advancement I don't know what that says for Ravenclaw or Slytherin but that's I don't know either <laughs> I'm happy to go Slytherin I like my gut says Ravenclaw but I'm happy to say Slytherin I, I can see either yeah I can see either what would Ross want he would want Ravenclaw yeah because he would think that that's the, the smart the smart good yeah. house is that enough to push him into that direction why not okay so we're saying Ravenclaw? Sure. Okay. Sure. Ravenclaw Ross. Fine. That's what they call him. Yep. Gosh, he would get that printed on a jumper. Yeah. Or a t-shirt or something. Ugh. Let's be grateful that Harry Potter wasn't big during the time of Friends. Well, no, it was. Because Friends ended in 2003. Yeah. I guess they were just like, this is for children. So we don't need to talk about it in our sitcom. <laughs> it's like, wrong. Incorrect. Uh, who's next? Up next is Rachel. Rachel? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. But, like... Almost every character in the show, definitely the main characters and the more, most prominent side characters, they all have a, a, a catchphrase, basically. And many of them are quite subtle. Okay. Ross's is just, hi. Sure. Saying hi in a very dejected way. It happens Fine. a number of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel's is, no. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which plays off well with Monica's, I know. <laughs> 
Rachel is... A Slytherin. <laughs> Probably. Well, let's go through. Yeah. Let's go through. Tell so, me more. <laughs> so Rachel grew up as a spoiled rich girl, and she like she was one of daddy's little princesses and was going to marry off, like move from her daddy's house to her husband's house and just be a kept woman until she realized, wait, shit, fuck, this bro ugly, I don't want to marry him. <laughs> and so she ran away and went to a friend that was the only friend she had who wasn't in her country club, who she hadn't spoken to since high school. Despite the fact that they were clearly, like, later episodes would establish, oh, they were best friends in high school. It's like, what were they? Because they never spoke again after that? And, like, but you're saying they hung out constantly and with no other people? Or is that just because that's convenient if you're it's just, it's just convenient. Yeah. It's fine. But Rachel ends up, like, being like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to be a person on my own. And then... She does. She yeah. sets herself to it. She ends up working in the, the coffee shop for several, for a few seasons. And then she starts, like, moves into fashion and realizes, wait, yeah, clothes. I like this. And then she works her way up and up and up. And at one point, like, by the end of the show, she's potentially got a job in Paris until she decides that Ross is... Be- <laughs> <laughs> I made a face upset. No, no, no. You're right. <laughs> like, to be fair, I don't think it's just saying that Ross is better, like... Like, the job in Paris would be great, but her entire life is in New York, and, like... Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, you've got a child with someone in America, and moving to Paris is not the best choice to do at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had good job opportunities in America as well. There's a lot of reasons to stay. It's fine. Good reasons to go. Yeah. But a lot of reasons to stay. I think Ross being... There are, that's the thing. There are a lot of good reasons to stay. Yeah. I don't think Ross is the best one. No, but, like, <laughs> he was, like... The final tipping point. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, she was, like, practically 50-50. Yeah. No, that's valid. valid. Yeah. Um, So, she worked hard to get what she wants. She's ambitious. Yeah, no, that's fair. She definitely doesn't start ambitious. No. Her early ambitions are be a trophy wife. Sure. She runs away from that. Yeah. That's hella brave. Sure. You want to say Gryffindor? I mean, I think that's an argument. I guess. I, I, I mean, I said this very early. I feel like she's very Slytherin. Sure, I'm not saying she's not. And we know those two houses are particularly close. Yeah. But, like... So what's your Gryffindor? Well, again, she's very brave. She, she abandons so much of... She abandons her entire life, everything she knows. Yeah, because she realizes that's not the life she wants. She doesn't want to just be a trophy wife. She doesn't want to marry this person just because he's there. Sure, sure. Like, she wants to be her own person and make her own way and... Initially, she, she she's not... She wants to rely on herself yeah. and her self-interests. I think she... And, wo- and... Yeah, she works her way up, but I don't think she's doing that for the sake of working her way up. I think she's doing that because, like, it proves to be good. Yeah. And I think that... Self-oriented. I'm still I mean, making this other an argument is what I I'm doing I don't think here. she necessarily is. You were though. just saying she wants to work on herself. She wants to focus on herself. She wants to do things her own way. Yeah, she wants to, like, make her own life. That doesn't mean she's focused only on herself. Like, she, again, she's still very much values her friends. Sure. That's a thing that grows throughout the show a lot as well. Because at first she doesn't really know... Like, she doesn't know anyone else in the group apart from kind of knows Monica and br- vaguely knows Ross as this as Monica's brother... The other, other she doesn't know at all, and they very quickly become her surrogate family. And sure. I don't think she's particularly Slytherin-y. She's got some tendencies, but I don't know. I think there's brave, something brave about abandoning everything you know and starting a new life. Sure. I'm moving to America soon. I'm not saying it's not brave. <laughs> okay. I'm saying her motivations are selfish. I don't think that inherently means a Slytherin. I don't think selfish is a Slytherin quality. How Okay, how would you differentiate a choice between Gryffindor and Slytherin? I'd say that Slytherin is being, like, ambitious for the sake of ambition, and Brave is doing it because it, like, 
not to get ahead, and you're doing it even though it's terrifying. And she doesn't leave Barry to get ahead in life. She's doing the exact opposite. Like, that's setting her way back in life. Sure. Because she wants to build up her own No, she doesn't at that point. Not particularly. She just doesn't want to marry him. Okay. Like, later on, she's, like, starts doing that. Becomes more Slytherin, then. Sure. Yeah. All right, so Gryffindor, you got courage, nerve, bravery, determination. Sorry, she has determination, but determination's on both lists. Yeah. Um, daring, chivalry, boldness, headstrong, stubborn. Versus resourcefulness, which I would ascribe to her. Cunning, eh. Not, not really. Not, not particularly. She's a little... Ambition, too... yes, by the end. That's something yeah, that she grows it into. It develops, yeah. Determination, again, that's both... Um, leadership, definitely not. No. Really not leadership. But self-preservation. But again, but self-preservation would have been staying. No. Why? Self-preservation of your own happiness? She would have been, like, she would have... She wouldn't have been happy. That's why she left. Yeah. We just gotta come down somewhere. Hufflepuff. No! <laughs> Let's just abandon everything we've been saying. I guess she does work hard. Despite... <laughs> despite wanting to. <laughs> Or despite not wanting to. Yeah. Very early on, in the very early part, she definitely doesn't. Yeah. But, like, that, like... Again, that's by like season, she grows into. Yeah, by, like, season two, that's the thing. So, diligence. Yeah? Fine. Dedication. Fairness. Patience. Pass... Oh, passive. She's pretty passive. Yeah? Are we just gonna, like, swerve to Yeah! Her? You know what? Like, fuck all that shit we were saying. <laughs> fuck Gryffindor. Fuck Slytherin. She's a Hufflepuff. House hot take! Who's next? Fuck Gryffindor and Slytherin. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> there we go. That's how we get back on track. Yeah. We both abandon everything we've been believing. Yeah. Monica Geller. Monica is a chef. Yep. She's Ross's sister. She's Rachel's high school friend and they're best friends again. And she used to be fat. Isn't that funny? They have so many flashbacks where they put her in the ridiculous fat suit. It's so bad. But also, when she's in that ridiculous fat suit, she's not that fat. No. She's she's big, obviously, and it's like, obviously she's supposed to be a large woman, overweight. Yes. Like they make jokes like. It's just it's gross. Yeah. That is that is a relic of the past, and I'm not here for it. No, that is one of the worst parts of the show. I hate it. I hate it. Um, Monica is, however fastidious yeah she's a she's a <laughs> freaking neat freak she is ocd yeah she's got everything must be clean and everything must be in its exact place and like she has to sleep on the one side of the bed always and like the, the duvet always has to be facing the right orientation and the stupid reasons as to why to the point that her boyfriend at the time that was brought up in the show tried to prove that he was also a neat freak because he always sleeps on the east side of the bed or whatever and like, he's trying to be like, I'm supportive because I'm also weird. And it's like, no, you're the most vanilla, mundane, <laughs> middle-aged man. That's okay. Monica, she dates a middle-aged man, her parents' friend, yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, she dates which... the dentist. Okay. It's weird. He knew her as a child. It's weird. He knew her as a tiny child. It's weird. She wants peed in his pool. It's weird. But then she gets together with Chandler. And that's great. Yeah. Here so for like, that. So, like, the Ross and Rachel stuff dominates, like, the major plot lines for the first several seasons. Until Ross's second wedding, which is when Monica and Chanda get together after a drunken one-night stand. and really, But then they keep it going. and then Because it, it turns out they're perfect for each other. And then they just develop a strong relationship. And it's very good. 
So, here's my first fun behind-the-scenes thing that was, like, alluded to in the show one time. During early planning for the series, they had intended for Monica and Joey to get together. Oh. And so, like, there's a couple of moments here and there where, like, there's one flashback episode to before the show, which is, like, when Joey first meets Chandler and moves into that apartment, where they almost hook up, but don't. And then there's another moment... Who's they in that sentence? Sorry, Monica and Joey almost hook up. (laughs) I was like, Joey and Chandler? (laughs) Joey and Chandler just kissed several times. That's fine. Yeah. For, there were, like, charts dudes. online comparing, like, which characters have kissed. And there were, like, three pet. Phoebe hasn't kissed Monica or Chandler. No, she has kissed Chandler. <laughs> Phoebe hasn't kissed Monica and Rachel hasn't kissed Chandler. And, like, those are, like, practically the only pairs of people who haven't kissed <laughs> at some point. Phoebe, get on it. <laughs> Phoebe kissed Rachel one time just because another girl was, like, in love with Rachel. And mm. she was like, I want to see what the first was. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. Fair enough. And again, that was clearly just a rating scrap. In this episode, two girls kiss. What? Isn't that sexy? Fuel your masturbation fantasies, boys. Gross. So, Monica. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she mar- mar- ends up marrying Chandler and it's great and I love their relationship. Yeah, she's, she's good. She's a Slytherin. Yeah, I was like, gonna say she's all also the arguments a previously being made about Ross and Rachel, one hundred percent apply here. She is the most ambitious of all of them. Yeah, and she becomes like a head chef and loses her job and then works hard to get it back by working in the crappy yeah, diner until yeah. she earn her she's, way back up. She's got leadership qualities. Yes. And yeah. which she shows as head chef eventually. Like she's No, she knows what she wants and she works hard yeah. and is determined to get it. She might be the like most clear cut of the characters. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Apparently I think everyone is a Slytherin in this show, but it's because they're all kind of assholes. That and because they're a very insular group. Yeah. They care about the people within the group. Yeah, yeah. But by and large that's it. Yeah. Because fuck other characters. Well now we've got my favourite character. Yay! Miss Chandler Bong. <laughs> Chandler Bing, Chandler Muriel Bing, has the worst name of all time. Could it be any worse? Oh, right, I forgot the catchphrase. <laughs> well, no, I, I guess I said on Monica's already. Yeah. yeah, Chandler's is just overemphasizing B, which is, I think, it's made fun of by other characters more than he does it. Yeah. It's like, it, it's like the gag about him, but he did it a couple of times, and that's like it. Like, I've definitely seen, like, uh, oh, it a, a compilation video yes. of, like, every time he does that. But I bet if there's a compilation video of every time someone mocks him for it, it's longer. <laughs> Joey, look at me. I'm Chandler. Could I be wearing any more clothes? <laughs> Maybe if I wasn't going commando. Fun fact, Friends is the origin of the phrase going commando. Oh. Because it's in their, their first ever bottle episode. Friends basically, by the way, invented the concept of the bottle episode. Nice, nice, nice. In that same episode. Love a bottle episode. Yeah. Like, and they did it purely because they ran out of budget. Sure. And it worked really well. Like, they were nervous as hell about it. And it runs almost like one long scene. Yeah. And it's great. They don't even use, like, other of their main sets. Yeah. They literally just the one set. Yeah. Um. Chandler. Just in that episode... They're, like, renting tuxedos or whatever, and, like, Chandler ends up taking all of Joey's underwear to get back in for stealing his chair. And so, like, Joey doesn't have any underwear, so, like, okay, I'm gonna do the exact opposite to you. So he goes and shows Chandler all of his clothes by wearing all of his clothes. The line's like, like, I need my underwear. It's a rented tux. You don't go commando in other man's fatigues. So maybe if I wasn't going commando, wearing no underwear. Ah. 
Friends also, I don't know if it invented it, but popularized the concept of the friend zone. Sure, sure. Which, like... I believe is a many, rock so, term? Well, so many people use that as a, sh- as a point of why friends is bad. But Friends doesn't use it the way that, that incels it, it use it. Became, yeah. They they mean it to use like they use friend zone to mean like you're developing a friendship to the point where starting a relationship would be awkward and cause problems within the group. It does not mean like you'll be fr- you'll be friends and that is a terrible bad thing. Yeah, like, like in the group, like they're all friends. Obviously, Rachel and Chandler. Yeah, were friends before they dated. Like they're yes, it, the, the show itself. Before they what? Before they Rachel and Chandler. What did I say? You said Rachel and Chandler did not date. Monica and Chandler. Right. Yes. I know what I meant. Yeah. And so like, that's kind of like you know, considered like, an issue for a lot for a while while they're like in a secret part of their relationship. Yeah. It, the, the show itself goes against that idea of either your friends or your dating. Like, yeah. Clearly, you can be both, and it is incredibly yes. beneficial to be both. Although in like season nine, I think slash early season ten, Rachel and Joey try a relationship. But find they can't do it because they're such good friends. And honestly, that happens too. Sure, but like it's not just because they're friends. Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there, there's, there's more to it than that. Yes. Yeah. But Chandler, Chandler is self-described. I'm Chandler. I use humor as a self-defense mechanism. Yeah. Mood. <laughs> is Chandler you? Yes. <laughs> Except Chandler has a, sm- a smoking problem. Oh. That's like the main difference. Yeah. He uses so many sarcasms. You are a sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I relate to him so much. He's... Fuck, am I Monica? <laughs> of all of the friends, am I a Monica? You're, you've, you've got... You're more Phoebe than Monica is. You're like, you're on a scale somewhere between Monica and Phoebe, but on the Monica side of that scale. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you lean towards the Monica side. I do have that fastidiousness. <laughs> You like a tidy. I do. <laughs> anyway. Early on, they had intended to make Chandler gay, and they made jokes about it, but then they decided not to. Cowards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind so much if, like, they were, like... Like, I kind of wish they'd established early on some more femininity, mm. trying to lean into that, and then hadn't gone through with it. It's just like, no, he's just a, a, a more feminine man. Instead, I guess... Uh, that, yeah, that's good, too. But then in one episode, it's like, oh, I'm enjoying this bubble bath, but it's okay because I've got my boat. That makes it a boy bath. God forbid a character be bisexual. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so Chandler's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. <laughs> you just you keep trying to talk about Chandler and getting distracted and off topic. It's weird. I don't know how to summarize him. In the early part of the show, he has, you. he has a generic office job. We have a friend with a fairly generic office job. Hi, Chris. And yeah. we, like, there's a joke that Chandler, oh, his job, what is his job? Uh, 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 something about transponding. Oh, he's a transponster. <laughs> That's not even a word. <laughs> and so, like, we call our friend a transponster. And then later on, he leaves and, beca- like, gets into marketing. It's fine. His job is never that important. It's, like, the least important job in the show. Nope. It's just office job. Yep. Specifically, like, for a 20-something, the office job that you get when you don't know what you're doing with your life and you kind of hate, but it just becomes your life. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, well... No one told me life was going to be this way. <laughs> this could be worse. My job's a joke. I could be unemployed. Yeah. So I might as well just do it. So Phoebe. Confirmed Chandler Hufflepuff. Yeah. Cool, what cool, else cool. is there? Uh, Phoebe. Phoebe is the group weird one. She's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> She's the group weird one. <laughs> 
I love a corky dork. New age massage I almost, therapist. I almost said corky duck. I'm sure that would be fine. Yeah. She plays guitar in the coffee shop. Not very well. No. <laughs> and love a smelly cat. Smelly cat. <laughs> smelly cat. What are they feeding you? Same. Oh, Wait, am I smelly cat or am I? <laughs> I'm not sure what I was saying. Same too. <laughs> Writing silly songs? Writing stupid songs, I think, is what I meant. But also, I might be a smelly cat. (laughs) It's not your fault. (laughs) Thank you for your support. (laughs) So Phoebe's relatively an outsider of the group. She's older than the others, though they don't realize how much older at first. She has a twin sister, Ursula, Uh who's an identical twin, played by the same actress. Do you know why she has a twin sister? No. So, on the same network, I forget which... Is it ABC? It might have been ABC. I don't know. On the same network, Lisa Kudrow was already playing a character named Ursula in Mad About You. Okay. She was a rel- she was kind of a side character in that. I believe it started the same year as Friends. Okay. But so she's playing the side character in Mad About You, and the network were worried, oh, having her in two shows, that'll be too confusing. Let's say they're identical twins. So Delightful. Ursula became a, a character in Friends and shows up every so often, and... Like, she's Phoebe's evil twin and she's weird. Apparently Mad About You had an epilogue that established she became governor of New York. (laughs) And whatever. Fine. Yeah. I mean, so Phoebe was homeless as well as a child. Like, Phoebe's got the whole tragic backstory thing and it's played for laughs for the most part. It's like one time she's like, well, you know, like, I wanted to do this thing because I never got to do that with my mom. And the others are like, you know, this is several seasons in after she's already done this. And they're like... Okay, fine. But you can't use that again for, like, a month. Because <laughs> she'll always play that card. Yeah. And she, like, ends up growing up with her stepdad because her dad also ran away and her mother committed suicide and her d- stepdad's in jail and she was homeless. And then it turns out that her parents were actually in a menage a trois and she finds her birth mother, who's named Phoebe, and she discovers <laughs> she has a long-lost half-brother. And then she carries said half-brother's triplets for him as a surrogate. That's fine. Yep. And then she marries Paul Rudd. Hell yeah. Living the dream. Yeah. Paul <laughs> Rudd, who looks the same today as he did then. Paul Rudd's never had because a real job. <laughs> Paul Rudd. He's never had a real job. In, in his, his life. life. Paul Rudd is one of the old immortals, of course. Yes, yeah. Him and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is slightly better at hiding it. He, like, changes up his facial hair and yeah, hair length from yeah, time yeah. to time. Paul yeah. Rudd doesn't. He's just like deal with it I don't age <laughs> Phoebe is a sliver puff mm, I was also torn between those two yeah yeah she's got an interesting different yeah. split yeah yeah and she's very much got two sides to her personality one where she will like go off the chain yeah and one where she's like ah oh, lovely smelly cats oh yeah we're just waving our arms waving around around can you hear our arms? I'm going to wave them near the mic and hope that it causes listen, an air. Listen to our visual bit. That's nothing. <laughs> Slither puff, half a limb. Every day I'm half a limb. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to say Hufflepuff. Okay. I'm, because I'm go with it. The, the, the like Hufflepuffs will fight you. Sure. Like, like her having sort of a Slytherin streak, I don't think necessarily overpowers... The, the Hufflepuff. Sure. Oh, Phoebe. Wait, what's her what's her catchphrase? Maybe she doesn't have a catchphrase and she's just got things like songs. Mm. Maybe Smelly Cat's her catchphrase. I think Smelly Cat's her catchphrase. Unlike 
Hey, how you doing? It's Joey. <laughs> it's Joey. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Joey is a womanizer. He's, you know, if you've watched How I Met Your Mother, he's Barney Stinson. Yeah, he's an actor. Although Barney Stinson is so much funnier because Neil Patrick Harris is the gayest. And then he has a gay brother in the show. Neil Patrick Harris? Yeah. Oh, I was like, who, Joey or... Barney Stinson has a gay brother. No, Joey, Joey Trebbiani has like 10 sisters. Right, 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 right. Some of which become characters in the spinoff. Damn. Yeah. So Joey's an actor. Yeah. Oh, and he also loves food. Joey doesn't share food. No, he's a hungry boy. Therefore, a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Done. Like a lot nah, of people, a lot of people like say like cause, like the idea like Joey's you know portrayed as the Lothario and the sleazy one or whatever, and a lot of people online would be like, why is that? Joey's the sweet nice guy, he, whereas Ross is the jerk. And there's some merit to that, but also Joey's not the best. No, he does sleep around a lot and like and you know it's probably. With the understanding that it's a one night stand and what have you, but like, I, there's 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 a a good uh, handful of sexism in that character. Wow. Well. Well. <laughs> but he does love his friends. He's an idiot. He's the dumb one. Yeah. Again, Hufflepuff. Sure. I I I wanted to argue Slytherin. Like yeah. Like every character so far, obviously. I would I would have had Hufflepuff um, leading Gryffindor. I think. I could also see Gryffindor. Gryffindor is a very actory. Yeah. Kind of place to be, but I think he's very ambitious. He has he has high goals to be. He wants peed on Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Not gonna say the thing I was gonna instinctively say. That's a dream. <laughs> ah! I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm not doing this. It was an instinct, and I know that it's wrong. <laughs> no, I can't do this show without you. No. <laughs> it was like an intrusive thought, you know, where your brain just supplies a quip, and <laughs> it's like, no, no, don't say that. Moving on. So, Joey. Wait, no, I don't want to continue talking about Joey. Oh! No, we're done! That's it! It's a Hufflepuff. Oh, I was saying Slytherin. No, it's Hufflepuff. You said that earlier. Was... <laughs> right! Fine! That means it's time! It's time! It's time! We... For the lightning bolt round! Okay, so for the lightning bolt round, I have the world's worst memory, so you're gonna have to help me out here quite That's a fine. bit. That's fine. Most of these characters you'll remember to some extent. To some extent, but I probably won't necessarily remember enough to... That's any fine. kind of accurate sorting. Let's just get into it. Up Let's first go. is Gunther Central Perk. <laughs> as that is his legal last name. As he was once described, Gunther is generally shown as the manager of the coffee shop Central Perk, which is right by Central Park. And in early seasons, he was just shown as one of several people working there in the background. He was the one that extra kept on because he was the only extra who knew how to work the cappuccino machine. Which is delightful. It's great. And then he was given like a whole personality and a side character. He was like in love with Rachel. Yeah. And he generally got on with the group but kind of hated Ross for his relationship with Rachel. The group were kind of terrible to him at times. Like one time, Ross just showed up and was like, Gunther, I need to we're celebrating. I need six glasses. And he's like... Oh, is that one for me? Are you inviting me to join you? And Ross is just like, oh, I thought everyone was here. Five is fine. Because again, Ross is... Uh, <sighs> but anyway. What I mean by like, he doesn't realize that he's, yeah, he's being, being a dick. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, Gryffindor. Sure. Gunther Gryffindor. Tell me about Janice. Oh. My. God. Uh-huh. 
I mean, that's Janice. What yep, more is there to say? You did it. Chandler, what house is that? Chandler's constant on and off girlfriend who he generally is shown to hate apart from the... Like, I think in season three, they actually, like, continue your relationship for a little while. Although, like, she was introduced as his ex or like, the girl he was breaking up with. And she was just so iconic in that episode that she was made a recurring character who appeared at least once in every season. Sure. One season, she only appeared in voice. But uh, if you count that, then one, at least once per season. What? Yeah. And she's so much fun. She's insane and weird. Yeah. And House. oh, and her laugh. <laughs> Thanks, Peter Griffin. What house is she in? Fuck. Ah, uh, Slytherin. Yes. She wants a boy. I like it. Jack Geller. This is Monica's dad. Ross and Monica's dad. Well, yeah. Yes. I guess. I guess they have the same dad. Um, Be- being siblings. Being and all. siblings. That tends to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember enough about him to say anything interesting. So his catchphrase, at least early on, was says something inappropriate, and I'm just saying. I probably should have put his wife first, because like, <laughs> so his wife was the one who more belittled Monica. He definitely like favored Ross to some extent, but not in the same way, not as overtly, um, and was more apologetic for it eventually. Mm. Um, generally, a, a positive figure, sure. just pleasant, like the, one of the most prominent parent figures in the show. Sure, sure. He once bought a sports car as a midlife crisis. <laughs> Delightful. That was it. Um, Gibbs. That was it outside? Yeah. That's <laughs> what just, made me think of it. It just drove by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then. Okay. Judy Geller. Judy Geller. So Jack's wife. They're Jack and Judy. And she is a terrible mother. Especially. <laughs> well, to both of them, frankly, because she, like, makes Ross, like, she gives Ross, like, an ego that yeah. he shouldn't have. Like, I mean, again, she's better. She gets better. And she, she means well, I think. She's just kind of dumb and doesn't realize how to... I mean, at one point she says, like, like she talks about how overbearing and horrible her mother was and says to Monica, like, thank goodness your mother turned out to be the well-adjusted person she is. And it's like, no, you've done the same thing to Monica. You just had no idea. Yeah. Um, so, that's a thing that happens with parents. Yeah, I'm going to also <laughs> lean Slytherin. Up next is Carol. Carol is Ross's ex-wife? Yep. His first wife, who he divorced by the start of the series... Because she's gay. Yeah, she realized she's gay and loves a woman. Haha, <laughs> so funny. The jokes. Well, so his, they do, yeah, they do definitely make jokes. <laughs> but, like, props where it's due. In 1993... Could have, not, not, could have not been there at all. In 1993, Friends was showing a, 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 a gay relationship, a lesbian relationship. On screen, oftentimes, it was side characters, but they still appeared a lot, especially in the first season. Yeah. During the pregnancy plot line. Yeah. And... Like that, yeah. They are could have just as easily not included that at all. Yeah, there, there are jokes about them being gay, but it's not at their expense. It's usually at Ross's. G- generally speaking, yes. Just <laughs> like, wow. So you were married to her for all that time, and you didn't know she was gay, huh? Well, here's the thing: bisexuals exist. A what now? <laughs> so all of those jokes are null and void. Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is kind of that she realized that she didn't find Ross physically attractive in that yeah, way sure. i think there was probably still like a there was a love there yeah like yeah, it's not yeah. like she stopped loving him she just realized i'm sorry i can't fuck you yeah i don't know yeah i'm gonna but say gryffindor she's yeah sure she's fun i like like carol's great yeah no no no. i'm also great her wife susan her wife susan who yeah who has a very antagonistic relationship with ross she enjoys teasing and mocking ross particularly <laughs> so i think like, 
one time Ross like went over for something. I was like, "Wow, you two sure have a lot of books on being a lesbian." <laughs> and so Susie's just like, "Well, they make the you have to take a course before they let you do it." <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, like so, fuck off, Ross. Like things like that are great. Like fuck yeah. yeah. Don't take Ross's shit. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, like, the show like, has a lot of problems, and it's not necessarily the yeah. best representation. Towards but the, at the time, it yeah. was... Towards the end of the first season, when... Not the worst, either. When Carol went into labor, Ross and Susan end up locked in a room together, and they kind of bonded a little bit. And, like, they both... They ended up agreeing on a name together for the baby, and it was a sweet moment. Like, yeah. And, like, things improved from that point on, like... She always would make snide comments or whatever, but he kind of, like, took it in stride after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Susan, I'm also going to say Gryffindor. Nice. Up next is Richard. Dr. Richard Burke. Is this the dentist? Yep, this is Monica's boyfriend, who is her parents' Why do I remember that he's a dentist? That's the only thing I remember about him. That really stuck with me for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's older than Monica. Yep. And is dating her. Um, I don't know anything else. What house? Slytherin. Sure. Ravenclaw would have also been a fine take, Doctor, sure. but sure, sure, Slytherin's sure. also. Sure, sure, sure. dentist, yeah, yeah. yeah. David. David, the scientist guy. I don't remember who this is. So he's played by Hank Azaria of The Simpsons. He okay. appears in a single episode of season one as Phoebe's boyfriend at the time. I mean, he's a Ravenclaw, obviously. He's David the scientist. Sure, right? His sure, entire sure. character is that. He appears in, like, he has a guest appearance, like, in, like, season six or something when he's back and, like, they hang out. And then another guest appearance a couple of seasons later before becoming a minor recurring character um, after Phoebe breaks up with her then boyfriend and, like, she gets back together with David. And, like, David ends up losing out to the other guy, generally somewhat amicably. But David was just sweet and nice. And it was like, Friends had a weird thing early on where they were constantly, like, portraying weird-looking guys as being, like, super hot and attractive. <laughs> and, like, David was in that camp because Haggis area is not what we would consider, like, traditionally attractive. Hold on. I need a visual. As time went on and they got, like, more traditionally attractive men in those roles, like, I think in one of his return appearances, they had him, um... Oh. Well, I mean, those are some more recent photos. Bear in mind, this was 30 years okay, ago. Okay, hold on. So he was in his uh, he was in his mid-twenties at the time. There you go. Uh, like, yeah, still he's got a... Not, like, horribly ugly or anything, but not, like, uh, you know, ah, uh, uh, dreamboat. Yeah, he's got some dorky glasses so, on. So, like, later on, they, like, kind of made fun of, like, the idea that, like, like Phoebe was like, this is, like, the love of my life. Like, really? The scientist guy? Yeah. But, like, it was nice that it was a portrayal of, like, you know, a nerdy character as being desirable and attractive in that way. I do always appreciate that. Yeah. And he was, like, so he was, there was occasionally some jokes about his nerdishness, but he was never, like, you were never supposed to root against him. Yeah. Essentially. He was nice. I liked him. Ravenclaw, obviously. No question. Up next is Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd? A.K.A. Mike. Mike Hannigan, who becomes Phoebe's husband. Yeah. Yeah. Anything about his personality? He played piano. He quit his job as a lawyer, I think, to play piano. Um, and he, you know, married Phoebe. Ravenclaw. <laughs> okay. Was sure. a lawyer. Quit to pursue the arts. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Emily. Oh, I get to talk about Emily, which is great because Emily is so very English. You see. Oh, that's yes. who Emily is. Emily is Ross's second wife, and she's very English. And she takes Ross to play rugby and. She uses American words for things, even though she's English, because Americans are too dumb to know English words, <laughs> I guess. So, do you know the reason why Emily was made a part of the show? 
because Friends was a huge thing in the UK. Yeah, it was absolutely wild. So Channel 4 was like, you've got to have a, a plot in England. You've got to do some stuff in London. We will fund all of your filming in London. Please come and do it here. It's like, okay, fine. So they're like, we'll have a, a Ross gets married in London thing. And she was the, then supposed to be a big part of the show in season five onwards. Like mm. they were, Ross and Emily were supposed to get to stay together. But she got pregnant, the actress. Ah. And she didn't want to have her child in America. Oh. So she had to be in England. And so like they had a couple, they filmed a few episodes and they had a couple of scenes of her like on the phone, which were filmed in England still. Yeah. Um, and like hiding the fact that she was pregnant. And then they broke up because Ross said Rachel's name at the altar. I mean, that's also a pretty big red flag. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on there. We don't need to get into that whole plot. Regardless, she was introduced as like a complete bitch was the idea. But then it turned out, well, that's because of the circumstances. But then she definitely also became a bitch by virtue of the storyline. Mm. Like, for instance, she was saying to like Ross, like, we can stay together, but you have to move to England. And it's like, no, I can't. I have a son in, in here. Like, yeah. valid as fuck. So she's like, okay, I'll come. But you have to stop seeing Rachel. Stop being friends with Rachel. And he's like, no, I'm not okay. going to stop being yeah. friends with my friends. No, yeah. And so they break up. I mean... <sighs> I've got to go Slytherin in the end. Yeah, sure. That might not have been the intention, but it's what's portrayed. Yeah, that's... Next up is Dr. Leonard Green, Rachel's father. He appears in, like, three episodes. He's a rich... Yeah, rich doctor type. So, like, early on, like, the first episode or something, China's, like, saying to Rachel, like, jeez, what is your obsession with doctors? Is your father a doctor or something? She's like, yeah, why? (laughs) Like, okay, then. (laughs) So, Um, he's kind of a butt. Slytherin. Yeah, sure. Tell her about Sandra Green. So, Sandra Green is Rachel's mother, who was inspired by Rachel leaving... Where she says, like, you didn't marry your Barry, but I married mine. She's divorcing Rachel's father because... Right. Like, I married for money, not for love. Yeah. And so she's like, like, like no, I'm going to go out and do my own thing. And you know what? I forget where we landed on Rachel. Did we answer saying Hufflepuff? I think we said Hufflepuff, That's fine. Yeah. You're going to give me you're gonna give me Gryffindor for, for Sandra. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Next is Ursula. We talked about her already. We did. Phoebe's twin sister. Phoebe's twin sister. Who is, like, you know, who break up with guys without telling them who will lie to people's faces about things, who will use her sister's name to film porn. Slytherin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about Phoebe. Phoebe Abbott. Phoebe Buffay's birth mother. Yeah, the other Phoebe. Who she meets at the beach and is kind of equally airy-fairy and tries to be there for Phoebe and more or less does, but then they couldn't get the actress back, I think, is what Mm. happened. So, Hufflepuff. Sure. Frank Buffay Jr., Phoebe's half-brother, I think. Okay. Brother, um, who's introduced as kind of a, you know, dingus young person, and then ends up dating one of his, like, former teachers. But in what, like, like Phoebe tries to break them up, but then it proves to actually be a a loving relationship. And, okay. Like, whatever. It's fine. And then, yeah, carries the children. Takes many forms. Yeah. Um. He's a dingus, but. Hufflepuff. (laughs) Alice Buffet. Alice Buffet, Frank's wife. She was a teacher, Ravenclaw. Cool. Nora Tyler Bing. Is this Chandler's mom? Yeah, how can you tell? <laughs> uh, she becomes a, like, writes erotica or, like, oh. steamy books or something. I don't know. I think they got Conan O'Brien to film a cameo early on with her being, like, interviewed. Uh, she Ravenclaw. makes out with Ross. Yeah. That's eh, Ravenclaw. That's <laughs> fine. Um, how do I read this? I don't know. <sighs> Chandler's paternal parent. Yeah. So... 
This is some... one of Friends' mm. less fine moments. Chandler's paternal parental figure. I'm tr- I'm tiptoeing over words. I'm just like we're introduced with this character with multiple names: either Helena Hunt, Handbasket or Charles Bing. So Charles Bing being the birth name and you know the name that would have been used when married to Nora and gro- for Chandler growing up, but came out as well supposedly came out as gay. Here's the thing: the writers definitely don't know the difference between trans- transgender and drag queen. Yes. Because they keep on talking about this uh, about ha- ha- Helena Handbasket as being a drag queen in Las Vegas as as part of Viva Las Vegas. And it, it's possible that. <sighs> That is just, like, the stage persona. Helena Handbasket is played by a woman. A cisgender woman. Yeah, that's... With that's, a gravelly voice. That's the part that is... Uh, so, yeah, Chandler's parents are divorced. <laughs> it would have been so much better if they could have just made it, like, no, this is a transgender woman. That's fine. Yeah. And, like, it, like, like having one of your parents come out as trans can definitely leave an impact on a child, especially when that would have happened in, like, the 70s or whatever. Yeah. When it was much less understood. Like, so that's... That could have still been fine without, like, making the fact that, haha, look, this is a woman, but this is a man. The joke. The only it's, joke. It's so weird. It's handled so weird. Yeah. So for all the positive positivity with how they portrayed Carol and Susan, it's all lost here. It's like a very... Mm, like a lot of times, the the way that the transphobic and terrible media does this is they they cast a man and then just put him in drag. Um, it's really weird that they would make the choice to cast a woman. Like that seems like they are saying, yes, this person is trans. But they definitely don't use any transgender language. They don't no. refer to this person as trans. It's always a a drag queen. Yeah, which like. I mean, there are drag queens. There are, are like, gay men who just do drag. Yeah, that's fine. And aren't trans. Like, that's... But this that is, a- is a thing. But that's not how they've handled this particular no. situation. They portray this character as identifying and portraying as female. Yeah. But don't treat it like that. No, and don't treat it respectfully either. No. Like, no. And it's very frustrating, and I realize it's the 90s, but you can do better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we were when we were making the list, we specifically included this character. Yes. Who I think should we just use gender neutral they them. Yeah. Yeah. I would use they them. Okay. I don't. I I think the show throws around. They definitely don't use they them. Yeah. Definitely. Who use they them in the nineties? Yeah. Um. So like the the reason we put them on the character list is because we're a Harry Potter podcast. We're a Harry Potter podcast, and we we felt like we needed to. We can't like not discuss. Yeah. The... We needed to address this. We need to remind you all once again. Trans pe- trans women are women, trans men are men, trans people are people, trans rights. <laughs> but, um, Fuck the author, we don't say the name. Sorry, I'll bleep it. Yeah. Fuck the author. Fuck she who must not be named. Um, and trans people deserve better. Yeah. And Including like this character that could have been portrayed in an incredibly positive progressive way yeah. and could have like done wonders for like so the perception people. of trans people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and this I'm is sure such a wildly this... popular, successful show. If... And I'm sure, like, the this of... portrayal of, of this character, like... Hadn't been a joke, had been, like, something positive. Could have made a difference for so many people, yeah. and instead probably kept a lot of people closeted instead. Yeah, and definitely kept people in the dark yeah. about what it actually meant. And, what... and, and you know, stopped people from living their lives. And that's... <clears throat> as far as the sorting, gotta go Gryffindor, because... All that shit's hella brave in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Props media, to you. Media has so much power. Yeah. Especially, like, TV shows in, like, the Friends era. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the majority of media was, like, stuff you watched on TV or movies. Yeah. And, like, that stuff had, had so much influence over culture, especially Friends. And it's... Uh, yeah. It's sad. Let's move on. Yeah. And finally, the chick and the duck. <laughs> Something nice instead. Yeah. The best, like, the, objectively the best characters in the show. Yeah. So in season three, I think it was, Joey, like, adopts a, a chick because he sees an ad. Wait, no, sorry. He, see, he sees a news report about people buying chicks for Easter and how they all mostly end up dead. And he thinks it's an ad. So he oh. buys a chick. Oh, no. To live in the, a New York City apartment building. Oops. And then, like, he was going to take the chick to the, like, rescue center or whatever, but found out they would just kill the chick. Oh. And they kill animals there. So I ended up also adopting a duck. <laughs> and here's the thing, though. Despite the fact that they lived in a New York City apartment, Chandler and Joey did very good work in taking care of this chick and the duck. They were never portrayed as be- like being bad pet owners or anything. And, yeah. Like, the chick grew to a full-size chicken that was seen in like one appearance because then it stops, <laughs> it stops being it as stops practical. It stops being manageable. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in like in the final episode, Joey buys Chandler and Monica a new chicken duck to take with them. That they end up leaving with Joey because like we can't have two poultry running around babies. Yeah, um, in the countryside, I don't know. Uh, you can just get a house. And like house. they meant, like Joey says something like, "And when they get old, you can take them to that same farm you took the other chicken the duck to upstate." Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor sweet Joey. <laughs> What oh, house are dummy. they? What house are the chicken the duck? Hufflepuff? <laughs> They're not dogs, but... Oh, they are birds. They could be Ravenclaws. <laughs> all eagles are Ravenclaws, but not all birds are Ravenclaws? Is that what we say? I don't know. I don't know. Bird. I feel like... Okay. A baby chicken is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> a duck is a Hufflepuff. An adult Wait, chicken... Wait, no, hold on. Ducks are fucking evil. It's true. The duck is a Gryffindor. Um... <laughs> Because he fucks. Um, <laughs> ducks fuck. Uh, baby chicken Duck is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> baby chicken is a Hufflepuff. Ooh. Adult chicken is a Slytherin. Ooh. And that's friends sorted. House hot take. Chickens are bad and scary. <laughs> oh, the sports car's back. Did I mention the... Hey, the, Jack. No, did I mention... He gave it to Monica. Oh. As a gift. To, like, make up for being a shitty parent. Oh, that'll do it. Yep. So, it's time for me to sort it out. Yeah, it's your turn. Yeah. Here's the thing. I started making a list. Well done. So, I've got a couple of choices here. I'm just going to go for the, the slightly shorter one because we're already a, a little long than yeah. we want it to be. So, Veritaserum. Uh-huh. Use it. <laughs> uh-huh. We are shown multiple court cases in the in the books. We are shown people being interrogated. We are told that Sirius was put, sent to Azkaban without trial. They didn't even question him. They have magic. They can just find out the truth. They have magical truth potion. And there are ways to subvert that. So you don't entirely rely on it. But you use it. You, you, you give it to the people you're interrogating. You give you get Sirius. Instead of sending Sirius back to a soul-sucking prison, you're fucking feeding him about potion. He'll be like, oh yeah, so I can turn into a dog. And our friend Peter, who you think I killed, could turn into a rat. And that's what he did. And he's the one who betrayed Lily and James. Solved. Every single time, Barty Crouch Jr. being like, No, father, it wasn't me. He's like, Very simple. Fuck yeah, it was me. And I, I was fully erect the entire time. <laughs> I love killing people. It's so sexual. 
Thanks, David Tennant. <laughs> um, I hate the tongue thing, but I appreciate that we both did it in that moment. Yeah. So you, f- you give him various serum and then you investigate. Yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Sirius Black would never have been arrested and could erase Harry. That would have. Well, Sirius Black didn't get a trial to begin with, let alone yeah. get as far as taking various serum. But, like, why but not? The system is fucked up. Like, tr- I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's really hard to make. And there are very few people who are capable of making it. Nah, that's dumb. I think, I well, that's the explanation given in book. That's dumb. Um, like, Snape is one of the few potions makers that are able to make it reliably, which is why uh, Umbridge has them make a bunch. Well, I thought that's because he was the school potions master. Like, mm-hmm. he shouldn't be one of very few people who could make it. If, if it were easier to make, you could just buy it. The Ministry of Magic should be able to get hold of it. They should. The highest law enforcement in the country. They should. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. I'm just saying that that's, I think, what the book is trying to suggest. But the book is wrong. That was Sirius on his motorbike. That was Sirius on his motorbike being like, Hell yeah! Justice for Sirius! <laughs> so, sort it out! That's it. I'm done. That's all I've got to say this time. Cool, 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 cool. I've got a longer one for next time. It's my turn. Good. That was extremely valid. Um, fuck the wizarding justice system. Wizarding, more like the wizarding injustice system. <laughs> oh, damn, you got him. Burn. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Sorted. Uh, if you agree or disagree with any of our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Thanks to Matt Majakamo of the Whomping Willows for the Spy theme song, the House of Awesome theme song. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as Ghoul Tank. Home Viewing. Them's the Facts. And Cult Classics. We're going to cut it there. We don't need to mention every show every single time. That's That's fair. Yeah. I was getting ready, but that's fair. No, we don't need to We don't need to do that. that. Because then eventually we're just going to forget people and it's going to make people feel bad. Yeah. Next time we have to make sure we don't mention the shows we just mentioned. See, but that makes it harder. Well, it's fine. We'll do it. Okay. And while you're there on Twitter, why don't you tweet at us your favorite friend? Your friend. (laughs) Tweet your friend at us. No, we don't sort real people. We don't sort real people. Sort your imaginary friend. Tweet your imaginary friend at us. While you're there on Twitter, uh, send us your favorite sitcom and sure. we'll sort it. Sort that sitcom. Yeah. One None day. of the characters in the sitcom, no, no, no. but just the concept of the sitcom. Yeah. Like how I make your mother is living as fuck. Yes. That one's for free. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house, it's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm Brittany and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Cult Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for Good Horses, Bad Plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life.